you know, along with firefighters and all that, every time we pulled the plug on an evacuation, I think we evacuated 2,000 people. Yeah, they, uh, uh, we do the reverse 911, but then they all go out and make sure people are out. And then when that thing blew up in El Jebel during the night, which was crazy, uh, they were out on El Jebel Road in 82 and in there getting people out, people who were running for their lives. They got them out, so. I'm sorry, it's only been a couple days, so <laughs> I'll be better next time. Uh, but anyway, uh, one of the things I really wanted to say to you is uh, while we were doing that, the people, you, uh, came forth to the station where we were, brought food, uh, buried us in food, and everywhere, and water, and support, and uh, I know all the the social media calls that the orchard did. Uh, God bless the orchard for doing that. Um, yeah. When something like this happens, um, it's not just firefighters, it's not just police. Everybody has their little job they do. I did my little job. We all, you all did, you gave these evacuees who really are the victims. Um, it's one thing to get them out. Uh, if they don't have a place to go and people to care for them, they're still in harm's way. And you all made sure they weren't. That's what touches me. And uh, the response of the communities touches us. And I can speak for all of the firefighters for that. They were just amazed, still are. So thank you. Give yourselves a hand. Here, hey, hey, Rob, Rob, come back here. Come back. Uh, we said we advertised this as a, uh, a prayer service, so we're going to do that right now. Put in, at the orchard. Here's how we do it: we put a hand towards whoever we're praying for, uh, or you can put a hand on whoever you're praying for. So if you want to like get over here, um, let's let's pray for Rob and all the people he represents. So, Lord, we are thankful for people who are ready to put themselves in harm's way to protect us, our towns, our communities, um, and the people who uh, were defenseless against this thing. And uh, this fire is not out. And so, Lord, we pray uh, for every decision they make right now, that it's wise, most effective. Uh, we pray for every resource they need right now uh, will be brought uh, so that uh, they can put this fire out. And we uh, pray, Lord, for their safety and that uh, not a single one of them uh, is harmed while they work. And uh, uh, so, Lord, we thank you for these people in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, bro. Uh, <clears throat> well, I live in Glenwood, so uh, Wednesday night, um, well, I was, thought it was normal 4th of July. And... Uh, uh, so about 11.30, my phone starts blowing up. Everybody up Valley's calling, what are we doing? Are we open? And uh, I don't know, what's going on? There's a huge firewall storm headed into Elgebel, uh, are already there at that point. And uh, we're a yes church, so I don't even know what we're doing, but I know it's yes, you, you know? And, and then the, the uh, Eagle 
county evacuation coordinator guy calls and says, are you guys open? And uh, sure. Um, and uh, he goes, I'll call you back, probably not until the morning. And then we didn't know what was going on. And so, and so we ended up uh, saying, you know what? doesn't matter what they're saying. Uh, this is our community. This is where we are. And uh, we're open. We went over to the uh, uh, Roy Fork High School and saw what was going on there. And it turns out many of you who were evacuated had to sleep in your cars because you couldn't bring your pets in there for some uh, uh, Red Cross rule. Not, not throwing them under the bus. Everybody's working hard. But uh, we thought, gosh, we don't care. Dogs and cats living together, whatever. You know? And uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, we'll do that. Sure, we can do that because it seems like if there's ever a time you're going to want to be with your pet, it's just like when you're like that. And uh, so we just put it out there at 2 o'clock. We're going to uh, uh, turn, break the place down and turn it into a place where people can stay. Show up at 2 o'clock. And I had a meeting until 1.45. I got here at 1.45 and everybody had already shut up and done it. So the people showing up at 2 didn't have anything to do. And everybody kept coming. And then we realize, okay, what are they? We're open, but they've got nothing to sleep on. You got to have some beds. Daniel posted on Facebook, "We need beds." Boom! They start showing up from everywhere. Uh, people start buying them from you know mattresses and and from Walmart. And a lady goes over to Costco uh, and buys uh, camping mats. And then the people at Costco goes take all of them and they donate it to them uh, for it. And then yeah. I don't even know who that lady is. I, I, don't, I don't even know if that lady was an orchard lady or not. Everybody just starts moving, you know. And, uh, uh, and then an, uh, another guy goes, I'm just going to buy everything. I'm going to keep going down Valley until I can buy stuff. And so he starts buying uh, mattresses. And then uh, we look, and uh, really, I mean, now you've got a mattress or whatever. There's no bedding. You saw this go out, right? You've been watching this on Facebook. We need some bedding. Boom! Within 30 minutes, bedding is showing up from everywhere. Some is coming right off. You could tell it was like they grabbed it off your bed and brought it. <laughs> no time to do the wash, right? And uh, uh, some people uh, went, to the, went to the store and brought new sheets and sets. I'm t I know I'm talking to you because you're here and you did it. I, can't, I don't know who, though. It just started showing. People started walking from across the street to help out. Um, and they don't even know it, but you're orchard people now. Because um, they, started, they started, you know, alongside. And uh, one, one lady goes and buys all the pillows at, uh, at Walmart. And so then everybody has a pillow. And, and then the cooks start to show up. And uh, uh, I don't know, uh, it's not like we want to compete with other shelters, but I'm pretty sure our food was really good. <laughs> and they start cooking. And uh, I mean, not just cooking, they're cooking tenderloin. And they're, uh, oh, it was really something. And uh, we kind of got all dressed up, and we didn't have that many people who were actually, I think we had 15 was our total uh, one night. We're still open, actually, and uh, just decided we will be tomorrow, tonight also. Um, and, uh, uh, but it ended up really helping some people. And it was incredible to see you move. I couldn't be more proud. Um, there were so many people who lead, led. People who cook, cooked. 
people who serve, serve. Like, we tried to tell you, don't set up the chairs. And we couldn't stop you from setting up chairs for people. Um, because that's who we are. That's what we do. And, uh, you know, if we say we love God, you can tell how much you love God by how much you love people and how well you love people. And if you're going to love people, you're going to have to take action when action is needed. And that's what you've done. I couldn't be more proud to be your pastor. And this church uh, is, is a profound place. And, and the way you operated and the way you loved, you have loved well in so many ways. It's uh, really a, a, a fine hour in what you've done and who you've served. And, uh, and it showed. Get one of these t-shirts and wear it around and you'll see. you see what people know about you now for what you've done. So I'm super proud of you. Way to go. Way to go. Way to go. I would like to give you an opportunity. Uh, you can come, but I'm going to do something first. I would like to give you an opportunity. Hang on. I won't say that. Um, to answer a question. And the question is, in the midst of all of this, the last four days, how may have you seen God work? How have you seen God work? What have you seen Him do? Or what are you learning in your faith journey in this? Now, we only have a few minutes, and so you only get a sentence or two. But uh, how have you seen God work in this time? I'm going to run around with this mic. Well, when we first oh, I think I might have just turned it off, bro. Yeah, sorry. When we first heard that there was a fire and we were praying and asking God for his mercy, uh, he gave us Psalms uh, 105. And so then as the days went on and the testimonies like what we've just heard, uh, I, I wasn't really appreciating what that was all about. And then on Friday we saw the map of the way the fire came down and just was on a line. And so God made a perimeter, he made a boundary, and he is God and there is no other. And Psalms 105 is all about declare his miracles and, and what a wonderful God he is. And um, it's a big testimony to God. That's what you're doing right there. Yeah. What are you seeing God do? Good morning. Uh, on July 4th, me and a, a friend of mine, Robert, went over Independence Pass on Independence Day, and we came into the salt. I had a bag on my motorcycle of shampoo, soap, body wash that I left at the high school. What do you need shampoo for, bro? <laughs> I don't. But uh, people don't have my wonderful no you're giving it away. locks of hair, yeah. so uh, they do. I'm just saying. And we saw planes dropping retardant down over basalt, and, and that line uh, of fire stopped at the retardant. Um, not to take away from this, but my wife and I got married last weekend, and I came, no, please, please. I came back to work on Thursday. I work at the co-op here in Carbondale, and I had employees jumping on, we need to get these guys uh, water 
we need to get them food. Um, you know, will you donate a case? It's only this much. And the GM's like, well, they've got plenty of water. They've got plenty of food. You know, we don't need that. What do we need? We need dog food. We need cat food. These pets that uh, Charlie mentioned don't have food, let alone a place to stay. So um, people getting together and getting a bunch of cool. food for um, the evacuees and their pets. That was so cool. You get three sentences. Three sentences, buddy. <laughs> three sentences. But he's right. You were right, bro. That we, got, we got more food, dog food. Uh, now CARE has more dog food because there was a lot, that'd be a lot of dogs, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> My name is Billy. At that on, on what, July 3rd, I went and picked up my son, who I haven't seen for seven years. Took him home in the Elgebel trailer park. Yeah. We decided to go down and get something to eat on the way down. We got the notice. You're evacuated. We had nothing. I know what we were doing. Went to my sister's house, did a little bit there, but that was kind of overwhelming. <laughs> and then we ended up coming here, and this community pulled through. You know, it's, I, I can't sit up. My mom's here, my son's here, and we're praying, and we're all together. Thank you. Ella, let's talk. All right, Ella, one sentence, okay? I want to thank God, and I want to thank all the firefighters, because if they weren't doing what they're doing, I probably wouldn't be here at this moment. Very good. Thank you. Very good. Maybe one or two more people. Gene, just talk loud. Let me wait just a second. You may not know, but Gene is chief of police here in Carbondale. I want you the chief of speaking. You are the orchard. Yeah. Awesome. I love that they're, uh, find somebody at the orchard. That's awesome. We have a lot of young family members that work at Lowe's and they were putting their heads together and figuring it out, loading up Gatorade and water and whatever they could pull from the store with full permission from every manager. So they head down and they stop at all the grocery stores along the way and the truck just gets full. They take it to wherever the federal uh, firefighters are setting up camp and they're just loaded to the brim and they have a small forklift in there too. And the, they start unloading, and the federal guys say, 
We just had a huge truck, but we have no way to unpack it. We have no dollies, no forklift. And Lo says, well, why the hell do you think we're here? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, the federal guy says... That's how Lowe says it. <laughs> yeah. And the federal guy says, you're kidding. We never get that kind of treatment. Oh, wonderful. Well, I, I would like you to tell the stories to one another so that uh, this is a marker time. It was our hour. And tell one another. Uh, so we put it out on Facebook. Uh, yeah, what was it yesterday? The day before? No, yesterday. Show up at 4 because we're going to put it away. We're having church. And, uh, um, and then we needed Ziploc bags, big Ziploc bags. Because what we wanted to do is we want to take every one of those beds and put them in a bag, vacuum seal it, and I can tell you right now that there's 65 beds down in the crawl space. So next time around, uh, we'll be up and running in uh, uh, 60 minutes probably, which is pretty cool. And uh, everybody showed up for that. Uh, clearly, uh, you guys have been great. And it's been a wonderful to see you roll in who we are. Loving God and loving people. Daniel. Good morning. Yeah. Get comfortable. It's time for some preaching. <laughs> I love the stories of what God's doing. There's a, uh, I was in an airplane on the way to Mexico. That's a good airplane to be in, right? Sit, sit with me. And it's one of those small ones, you know, one, one row of seats on one oh, side, man, and there's just two seats on the other, and I'm in the single side, and I am just ready to be with my family on vacation in Mexico, and I'm on this plane, and about an hour into the journey, just cruising, the nose goes down, and we start diving. No warning, nothing, the plane goes into a full-on dive. Now, at this moment... Um, you don't know how you're going to react in those times until it happens. Well, around me was his family, and next to me was the father. He was across the aisle right there, the father and, and one of the younger boys, and then his, um, his wife, and, and their five-year-old son was behind me. And they designed these planes ergonomically, so a five-year-old's legs just reached the seat back in front of them. And so as we're starting to dive, my chair starts to pick up momentum. And I don't know if it's that the plane's coming apart or, or what, but, but, but he starts pummeling the back of my chair, and so I'm, I'm in turbulence as we're diving, and we still have no idea what's going on at this point. No idea. Well, it keeps going, it keeps going, and then and ears aren't popping and are popping, so the children are struggling the most, and they are screaming. Children screaming, kicking chairs, um, prayers being said. I look over at the father to, like, like, uh, to see if I could, dude, your, your son is panicked, and no one's, I look over, and he has gone white and just puts his head between his knees. <laughs> He's, he's done. He's out. So, so the one in charge of the family says, yay, you're on your own. And then we hear the intercom come on, and it's not one of those, this is your captain speaking. It's a breathless voice. There's no introduction. I don't know who it is. And it says, we are, in a, we are having a non-critical emergency. Now, non-critical emergency. Jumbo shrimp. Like, there's just some things... <laughs> There's just some things that shouldn't go together, but non-critical arrest, like, you know, if it's, if it's critical, it's emergency. And if it's an emergency, I'm pretty sure it's critical. I'm feeling critical right now. The five-year-old working out the seat back behind me. 
So we're diving, and people are panicking now at this point. And, and, and I'm, I'm praying, and, and people are screaming and, and, and crying and, and pummeling chairs. And it's at this point that some lady in the back decided it was a good idea to just start screaming at the top of her lungs, We're all going to die! We're all going to die! We're all going to die! <laughs> over and over, the soundtrack of this descent was, We're all going to die! Along with the cries of the children around me and the man over here with his head between his legs. I was like, he actually knows what he's doing now. I see why he's doing that. Just you get earmuffs. And yeah. And so as we're going down, we, we are all going to die at this point. We all think it. She's convinced us. And so we're headed down. And all of a sudden, without warning, yeah, it was me. And so, so at, we're still going for it's peaceful, but people haven't figured it out yet, especially the lady in the back. We're all going to die! What? And, and it literally, it went on for like three or four yells, and I'm pretty sure someone next to her said, um, Barbara, no, we're not going to die today. And she so, oh, okay. Oh. She just thought she would warn everybody. I don't know. A good Samaritan. We made an emergency landing, and it was non-critical, and it was all that good stuff. But you learn a lot about how people, you learn a lot about people by how they respond in an emergency. You learn a lot about people. I learned a lot about that lady. I learned a lot about that fellow next to me. I learned a lot about myself. You learn a lot about people by how they respond in an emergency. And I gotta say, community, haven't we learned a lot about ourselves this week? We've learned a lot about ourselves and about our community, what we're like. And here's the thing that just boggles my mind. You read the headlines um, before any of this happened. You're reading the political headlines and national headlines and, and, and the community's divided. 50% of Garfield voted one way and the 50 the other way. And, 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 it's the, the, we're divi- and then something like this happens and all that doesn't matter. None of those headlines that are so important a week ago matter now because we know people who don't have homes. What matters most is now clear to us. Uh, Politics and sports and all those things, they they fade into the background when people are fleeing for their lives from a fire. When when our boys are up there on the line, on the mountain fighting it, it it clarifies. You learn a lot about people by how we respond in emergency. And and like Charlie recounting it, man, we should all be so proud of the way we responded. We, we, We said yes. Many, many of us said yes. Many, all of us said yes in some way. And it was so cool to see people who have no affiliation, no knowledge, no, they don't know anybody here at the orchard just coming in with boxes and, and, and resources and all kinds of things. We learned a lot about ourselves. One girl brought a, a baggie with her when we were outfitting the entire, all the beds, and she brought a baggie, this little girl, and it was full of her stuffed animals. And she said, this is so cute, she said that some of the kids probably had to leave without getting able to, being able to grab their stuffed animal. So she brought hers so they could have one to sleep with in this room. And so we asked, we said, we said, which, that's so great, which one of these is your favorite? And she looked at him and she said, well, all of them are my favorite. <laughs> but there's some people that didn't get to grab their favorites. So they can have mine. And, and children sleeping in this room, holding a stuffed animal, it's not theirs, but it's a favorite of somebody else's. She brought her prized possessions, her favorite things. She brought them. And it's, it's interesting because as adults, we all have our stuffed animals too. Some of you have actual stuffed animals. 
<laughs> but for the rest of us, we all have those things that we would say, these are my favorites. These are, this is my favorite thing. I will not part with this. You ever tried to take a kid's blanket from them, their blankie they sleep with? Good luck. We all have that. We all have our stuffed animal. We all have our thing. For a lot of us, it's our, it's our time. Our time, we hold our energy, our resources, our money, our recreation toys, our work, our self-image, our fashion, our position, you know, things in life that we hold on to tightly. We don't give away these things freely. We hold them with clenched hands. But this week, we saw a lot of people do this with their stuffed animals. This week, a lot of things that we hold on to so tightly in our life, we saw what happened and we went like this. We saw it time and time again is what was most important to people. They brought to this place or they brought to the shelter or they brought to the guys on the hill and they said, here, you have it. This is my stuffed animal. It's my favorite. You know, emergencies have a way of clarifying what's important. You know, when hearing when somebody's being evacuated from their house and about to lose everything, holding on to our stuff so tightly seems a little bit out of place. It teaches us something about ourselves. It clarifies what's important about our lives. I just want to say that when we learn to open up and hold our life in open hands, our resources, our time, our energy, our money, our toys, whatever it could be, when we hold our life in open hands, that's the way we were intended to live. We weren't intended to live holding on to our stuff with white knuckles. Something happens when you learn the secret of living with open hands. You give a lot more of yourself away, but guess what? When your hands are open to give away, they're open to receive. And you begin to have this lifestyle of giving and receiving. It naturally happens. But when your hands are clenched around your life, your resources, your time, yourself, your stuff, you can't receive either. You've got what you've got and you're not letting go. But when we open up our life, we're open to what God would bring us. A life lived with open hands is the way that he intended us to live. In fact, Jesus said in his word in John 10.10, 10, these are the words of our Savior. He said this, I have come that you may have life and that you may have life to the full. Abundant life, rich life. That doesn't mean rich in money. It could be. It could mean you could be destitute but have a rich life. But he's going to give you life to the full. He's going to resource you inside with something. Listen, Jesus didn't come to spark a religion but to bring life to people in need. He came to give his life to bring life. He didn't come, to, hey, I'm going to start a religion so they'll go to church for two hours on a Sunday. He came to bring spirits to life, souls to life. His plan was so much more big and so much more powerful. He held his life with open hands. He held everything in open hands and so much so that he spread those hands and died on our, on our behalf. He died to make a way to God for us. Here in this church, we have a saying. We say that we keep the main thing the main thing, and that's Jesus. He says there's a lot of issues that could come in and, and be important. And you see a lot of churches get off track. Well, oh, this is important, or that's important. Or give, listen, we keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus Christ, he lived, he died, he was crucified. He rose again so that we could have life. And he taught us to live with open hands. What I love about Jesus is he didn't just die and resurrect to give us eternal life someday. He came to give us life now, today. 
The offer of Jesus isn't, oh, you'll be in heaven someday. The offer of Jesus is much more rich than that. It's that eternity comes into today. It's that in your past, you have forgiveness and freedom from the shame and guilt. It's that in your present, you have peace and joy resourced from within. It's in your future, you have hope. And not just eternal hope, but tomorrow hope. Hope that he's redeeming your life. Hope that he is, he is transitioning and transforming your mind and your character to make you more into him. It's peace, it's joy, it's forgiveness, and it is hope. And he offers us this life. What I, I think about Jesus is this. The good news about his offer is, is, is how inclusive it is, how big it is. You see, people get mistaken and believe that Jesus just came to give us eternal life. And we've talked about this, how, how that is the advertisement for Jesus. He came to give you heaven. But the good news of Jesus is not just about you getting from down here to up there. That's not where the good news ends. It's about this. It's about getting what's up there down here into your life. It's not just about you going there when you die. It's, it's heaven coming here so you can truly live. That's the power of Jesus. He calls us to a life, a full life, a John 10, 10 life of life now, life here. And we experience this full life when even emergency and tragedy hit. And we saw it happen. You learn a lot about people by how they respond in emergencies. But I want you guys to know something. Through all this, He's calling each of us. And we all, here's the deal. Each of us comes from a different background and different story. I wish I had time we had to, to know everyone's. We have people that come from, from uh, non-church backgrounds, Catholic backgrounds, Baptist backgrounds. Some people in this room are Raider fans. I mean, we have every single person. <laughs> and we have a saying at the orchard. We say, there's room for everyone. And that's everyone. If we are starting with somebody, it is the Raiders fans. But it's not. Listen, it does not matter your affiliation, orientation, your gender, anything. Love God, love people, period. Period. And that's what the orchard is built on. Do you know why we say love God, love people? Because it was good enough, it was a good enough mission and vision for Jesus. When he was on the earth, he said the entire Bible is summed up in that. Love God and love people. So it sums up everything we're about. We want to live life open-handed, giving away of what, what he gives us, my time, my energy, spending it on behalf of those in need and spending it on behalf of a kingdom movement. Because here's the point. This little girl with her stuffed animals, someday she's not going to care about these. These are her greatest thing ever. And someday this won't matter to her. And the things in your life that you hold on to so tightly that are your everything, there will come a day where you graduate from this earth and they won't matter at all. The things that we invest ourselves in the most will not matter in the end. That's why we spend ourselves, our time, our heart, our energy, our money on behalf of a kingdom that's eternal because we know people have eternal souls and that's what lasts so hold your life in open hands. Hold everything in open hands and work and spend and live on behalf of eternity and bringing people there. And Orchard, God is calling us to him. If you're in this place for the first time or maybe you're visiting us, whatever it would be, God is calling you. He's calling each one of us closer and closer to him. He's calling us to a life filled with joy and goodness. For some of you, what you want most in life is peace of heart and peace of mind. And he's calling you to that. For some of us, he calls us to freedom from addiction. 
He makes an offer for these things. Now, it's not magic. It's relationship. He calls you to know him. In the process of knowing him, you become more like him. And there's freedom in that and peace and joy. Orchard, as we go into communion this morning, I want to remind you guys, if, if it's your first time with for communion, this is the, the symbol of Jesus' body and his blood. His body that was broken on the cross and his blood that was shed. And Jesus was with his disciples in a room a little bit smaller than this. And he told them, he said, do this in remembrance of me. And they took the bread and the juice. And so today, you don't need any class to take this. You don't need any prerequisites. Today, if you want to come and remember Jesus and his sacrifice, you are welcome to. And as you take it and you sit, ask him. Say, what is I'm holding most tightly onto? And listen, he might tell you it's your heart. He might say, I've, I've been calling you to relationship with me. Give me your heart. He might tell you it's something else. But I would say that the God of the universe who created you and sustained you and knows you wants to give you wisdom on what you're holding on to. And when you hear that, I would, I would challenge you. you. We are a church that says yes. Say yes ahead of time. Say yes ahead of time. When he tells you, say, I want to live open-handed. I'm gonna live my life open-handed to give away and to receive and take communion and thank Jesus for his sacrifice and for what he's done. You know, as we go into, um, are we praying for rain now? Uh, no, we will. All right, so as we go into this song and it, it plays behind us, I wanna encourage you guys just to, uh, to find a place in the room, um, get your communion Hello. and have a Would moment like with, with Jesus communion? and ask him. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you. Let's do that. Thank you for all the stories that have been spoken, prayer. all the stories that have not yet been told in this place. But Father, your story like weaves it. over and through it all. The story of redemption, the story of a God who loves his people and calls them. And today you're calling your sons and daughters home. I pray, Father, that there's those of us in here who would hear the call to give our hearts to you and we'd be obedient. Thank you for these generous people. And I pray that you would bless us in Jesus' name, amen.